I think of it as like the golden goodbye of actually it really embracing the cancel. Okay, so cancel is a really hard word to deal with. This is universally acknowledged in memberships and and subscription services that when someone cancels, it's like a stab to the heart. We dread the email coming in and we feel it as a pain point. And we are working really hard on shifting our mindset on that to embrace the cancel as we have served this person really, really well. And so we're going to wish them luck, bid them a fond farewell and hope to see them again next time they're read, next time they're in need of some active campaign that can help. They know exactly where to come. And what we want to do is to use a similar process to do like a real connection point on exit. And it's going to be twofold. Again, it's going to look at it from the consumer eye and from our eye. So it's about celebrating their success. Okay, so what often happens when someone leaves a subscription or membership is it's because they're sort of waning. And at that point, they're not necessarily so consciously aware of the successes and the huge gains that they've made during that time. Now, we do an intake survey and we're planning to put in place an exit survey. We don't have that in place yet, but our intention is very much to show them where they were then when they came in remind them about the great things that they've achieved along the way because it's huge they have some really big wins um and sort of paint that picture and then invite them to join the affiliate program inviting that advocacy asking that question asking for the referral um to do that really proactively and part of our yeah so part of our motivation with that is that to actually give them a real solid reason to stay in our world um, because we we become friends with these guys. I don't, I'm not ready to let them go. And I don't like people going without getting a chance to say, bye, it's been really nice. I've loved getting to see inside your business. You're amazing. Go forth, make great automations. Come back next time you need us. And by the way, tell everyone we're fantastic because we did this for you. The way we think about customers and growth is changing. Welcome to Customer Lifetime Value University podcast. Our goal here is simple. In under 30 minutes, we aim to give you an implementable strategy to increase your customer lifetime value. That's it. No fluff, all strategy. Hello and welcome to class, everyone. I'm incredibly excited to have my friend Kay with us today, Active Campaign's number one consultant and also CEO of Slick Business. Kay, thanks for hopping on with me. Thank you, Casey. It is a delight to talk with you as always. <laughs> now, Kay, take a moment, give people a little bit of sense of your background and where you're coming from. Okay. So um, I come from a completely non, non-marketing non background and actually my lifelong thing that unifies everything I do is that I am a teacher. And uh, happily, I accidentally fell into uh, learning active campaign about five years ago. And it just turned out to be the thing that pushed all of my buttons and it's my zone of genius. And now that is all I do. I teach active campaign to people all over the world. What a delight. What a privilege that is. I love it. And and for I think vast majority of listeners are probably familiar with active campaign. If anyone's not familiar with active campaign, uh, can you let them know what active campaign is? See, that's a great point. I'm so immersed in it, I just forget that people don't necessarily know what it is. So Active Campaign is the world leading marketing automation platform. A lot of people think it's an email marketing automation platform, but actually email is just one tiny, tiny part of what you can do with Active Campaign. Its job really is to be the hub of your business and to automate repetitive stuff so that you can go do more of the fun stuff in your business, right? Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. So 
Kay, if we're thinking about customer lifetime value, people are kind of tuning in and they're kind of like, how do I start? Where should I kind of kick off from? How do you think about customer lifetime value? Oh, it's such that's, that's a big question. And I know there are so many angles that you can come at this from. And And for me, really, I wear two hats here because I work with businesses in it, it's such a huge range of industries and who are all over the world. And each of those industries and each of those individual businesses has their own unique blend of things that goes to make up their customer lifetime value and, and the things that feed into that. And then for me, in my own business, uh, I have my own model of what is a customer lifetime value? What does that mean in slick business? Especially as my own business has evolved a lot within the last two years, we've gone from being a consultancy and client-based business into a one-to-many membership model. And of course, that changes everything, everything about how you think about and how you leverage customer lifetime value. So I feel in this really privileged position that I get to see it from lots of different angles and I get to dig into it with, with people in small to medium businesses all over the world in all these different industries. And so it's a huge, it's almost like a, a, a bottomless pit of, of wonder to explore. And the eyes that I bring to it is always how do we, how can I bring automation with active campaign into this to help us better understand and grow the CLTV, not just for my business, but for all the businesses with whom I'm working as well. Yeah. And that's super interesting too, talking about moving from consulting to subscription, right? People that, I think there's so many brands today. We see this trend happening in e-commerce and all these other fields where people are kind of going from one-time purchases, right? Moving to subscriptions. And I think that's obviously has a huge impact in looking at customer lifetime value. And so um, that's super interesting. So I'll tee it up to you. I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about kind of the major lessons or pieces that have been valuable for you in extending customer lifetime value. Cool. Okay. So one of the, you know, as I said, the big shift for slick business has been that we've moved to a membership model. Now this is not something I did lightly. I know that it's like, it's trendy, right? Everyone's doing it, but I put a huge amount of thought into what is the best vehicle in which we can serve up and serve our people who are using active campaign with better support uh, in a way that works for them as well. So we did a lot of testing before we moved into this model. But what it means is that as a business, we have now had to embrace and learn a lot about how do we retain and work with that membership model. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the thing that's been the most on my mind, really, because our membership launched maybe six months ago, a little bit less than that. And what typically happens at that stage is you do the big launch. It is enormously exciting. The adrenaline is running. It's a big success. And suddenly you've got hundreds of members. Oh my God, now we've got to look after them. And they forget about retention oh, you got to hang on to these guys, right? And then you get this scary bit where they will start leaving because they've, for us, happily, it was because they'd taken what they needed from the membership and they were able to go on and sort of fly solo for a bit. That's a great feeling. But of course, it means your revenue is then taking a hit and you need to start paying attention. You need to move out of that launch phase and start looking at your retention. So for me, with my data and analytics head and my automation head, the first thing is we have to know what we're dealing with here. You can't automate anything until you actually know what the process is, know how to get the valuable information and what you plan to do with it. So it all comes back to, for me, what I have decided to call key retention indicators. Now, I don't even know if that's a term 
that is used by other people. I see KPIs all the time. I don't see people talking about KRIs. To me, they're also engagement indicators as well. So what we started looking at was what are the things that indicate that someone is actively involved in our membership? Um, Now, this is common to all membership services or anything where you've got repeat custom coming in. It doesn't necessarily have to be a subscription. Um, And it's really looking at what are the indications that someone is actively involved in our business. And so I came at it with the head of uh, how can I get active campaign and my other tech tools to do the heavy lifting for me here so that we can best leverage our human touch because we all know that's where the value is, right? We want to be making a personal one-to-one high value connection and not spending a lot of our time going and looking for the right people to talk to at this point. So we want to be able to fag them up early. So what I did was I built an Airtable. Now, I, I don't know how much of an Airtable you are, Casey. I've heard of Airtable. Um, I'm obviously familiar with them as a brand. I don't currently use Airtable though. See, Airtable is the most wonderful, magical place for leveraging data or getting organized. Their their strap line is something like use Airtable to organize anything. And it really does do that. So Airtable was my go-to, not active campaign in the first instance, because here we want to be able to see what we're doing. And active campaign actually isn't the best tool for being able to see stuff really easily and summarize and aggregate data. So what we what we created was we identified some key things that we wanted to monitor. And for us, that was around, are they coming to our office hours calls? Because those things are gold dust. And we know that if someone is coming to office hours once a month, they're getting the value, they're loving the membership. So are they coming to office hours? Are they showing up in the member community? Again, really, really valuable because it's kind of a bespoke membership. We do a lot that's really one-to-one. So we want to know, are they in those places? Are they visiting the education site to consume the courses? And then the other one was, are they are they opening, clicking and, and actively consuming our regular emails? So we do the weekly email thing. So we identified these four key indicators. And to get all that data in one place, we needed to use this third-party tool, Airtable. So we built like a repository where... All of that information was going to be fed in for every member. And then, this was my favourite bit, we colour-coded it. (laughs) Uh, So so we actually allocated scores based on when was the last date when they did these things and how many times in total have they done these things. And then we threw in an extra layer, which was we allow people to have a nominee so they can bring an extra person from their team into the membership as well. And so we we were like, oh, okay, but they might not be doing it, but their nominee might be doing it. So we built this wonderful air table where all of that data was being thrown in and aggregated. And then we just had a a red, amber, green of, of where is this person at? I love that. And is that information fed from active campaign, like lead scoring, or how is the information pushed? What is the information... So we have a webhook running from Active Campaign that if someone visits the education site, that's getting passed to Active Campaign as a custom field. So we have a webhook send that to the Airtable if it gets updated. Um, office hours, we're actually doing that live into the Airtable ourselves. So when we're on a call, we're literally connecting. That member turned up to this this office hour. So sure. it's all, that's all done straight into Airtable. And then our community stuff is coming from Circle. We're having to manually import that at the moment because we couldn't get a dynamic connection going on this. There there are actually several different routes. And this is what I love about Airtable is you can jigsaw it all together, put all of that data in the one place where you need it. And then then you're able to surface exactly what you want to see, which is who's at risk right now. 
Yeah, that, that's awesome. And so once you have that data in hand, so now you've identified your average people, what are the next steps then? The next step then, at the moment, we're doing a kind of bespoke process because we're still trying to get a feel for it. So we're doing it uh, for four check-ins per week. Uh, One of the team goes and has a real close look at the people who've got a red next to them and identifies what are the things that they're not seeing, not using, and why do we think they're not doing that? And then we reach out to them personally. And if they don't reply to the first email, we'll have another run at it in a week's time. And if they don't do that, I'm going to be on with a bonjouro saying, hi, we've <laughs> sure. lost you, where'd you go? Um, so it's a slightly yeah. escalating thing at the moment. So at the moment, none of the process from there on is strictly automated. It's very bespoke at the moment. What we're looking to do is to identify patterns and eventually we'll have, this one has not come to office hours, so let's talk to them about office hours. And there'll be a nurture sequence that talks to them about how great office hours are and why we want them to, to be able to come or looking at what barriers there might be that are stopping them from coming. So it's kind of both ways. It's fact-finding for us as well. That makes complete sense. And the other question I had hearing kind of how you position that is I was curious, do you feel like certain memberships have like an inherent churn in like, if your objective is to get someone to be like very proficient or to have high aptitude, is that model have almost like built in churn that like the life cycle that is six months or do you see there as a way to keep someone kind of ongoing? And if so... What does that look like once someone becomes very proficient in with the system? Oh, this is such a good question. This is one that I, I have yet to reach my conclusions on this because I think that's very true of, of our membership in particular. It is a technical membership. It is designed to support you to use a specific tech tool. And what we're seeing is that we're being very successful at helping people feel very quickly, much more confident and capable to fly solo with that tech tool. And that means that they're stopping their membership for a bit. Okay, but so far, the vast majority of people who are leaving are saying we're going to we're parking it because we're actually we're good for a minute. And now we need to go focus on some other bits of our business. And we are going to be straight back in the next time we want to do something that we're not feeling so comfortable with in active campaign. Right. And for me, it was really important when I set up the membership that they should feel comfortable to go in and out of the membership because it's designed to support this very specific need in a business. And that is not necessarily an ongoing every month forever need. And I recognize that. That makes sense. And, and, and it's interesting too, you know, I've I've worked with so many different memberships over the years and it's interesting how sometimes outside things, like I hear a lot of people who they come for the content and they stay for the community, right? I've heard that phrase before, but I've seen a lot of people that they get yeah. to know they get to know the kind of community they have other people in the space and that networking yes. becomes a super valuable piece of the equation too so that's always an interesting side of, of memberships and i heard you mention circle so yeah so we moved our membership into circle our private member community oh i love this platform it is so good and we definitely have a section of our membership i would say maybe a quarter to a third of our membership i think are going to be long-term residents because they're working in automation land that is their profession and they're they're the people who are going to stay for the community right and there may be some others who are going to stay for the community longer term but i'm not sure that that would be the best move for them if i'm honest it sounds like i'm shooting myself in the foot but it kind of brings me on to my next point which is about what happens when someone leaves your membership and they have had a fantastic experience they've got exactly what they needed and and are able to leave your membership feeling happy fulfilled and kind of i'm done for now but oh my god i loved this 
right? So what do you do with them then? Okay. So um, we're going to be working on something that we're framing up as, I think of it as like the golden goodbye of actually really embracing the cancel. Okay. So cancel is a really hard word to deal with. This is universally acknowledged in memberships and, and subscription services that when someone cancels, it's like a stab to the heart. We dread the email coming in and we feel it as a pain point. And we are working really hard on shifting our mindset on that to embrace the cancel as we have served this person really, really well. And so we're going to wish them luck, bid them a fond farewell and hope to see them again next time they're read, next time they're in need of some active campaign account, they know exactly where to come. And what we want to do is to use a similar process to do like a real connection point on exit. And it's going to be twofold. Again, it's going to look at it from the consumer eye and from our eye. So it's about celebrating their success. Okay. So what often happens when someone leaves a subscription or membership is it's because they're sort of waning. And at that point, they're not necessarily so consciously aware of the successes and the huge gains that they've made during that time. Now, we do an intake survey and we're planning to put in place an exit survey. We don't have that in place yet, but our intention is very much to show them where they were then when they came in, remind them about the great things that they've achieved along the way, because it's huge. They have some really big wins and sort of paint that picture and then invite them to join the affiliate program, inviting that advocacy, asking that question, asking for the referral and to do that really proactively. And part of our, yeah, so part of our motivation with that is that to actually give them a real solid reason to stay in our world um, because we they, we become friends with these guys. I don't, I'm not ready to let them go. And I don't like people going without getting a chance to say, bye, it's been really nice. I've loved getting to see inside your business. You're amazing go forth, make great automations, come back next time you need us. And by the way, tell everyone we're fantastic because we did this for you. I love that. And it's such an important thing too. You know, I think that advocacy doesn't get talked about enough in the world of customer lifetime value. You know, we always focus strictly on the levers of the upgrades and the retention, which are super important. But we live in a world today where people buy based on referral of their friends. They buy based on reviews. They buy based on those variables. So you leaving that impression as people, that's creating that word of mouth engine, either directly through the affiliate program or even outside of that. You know, they have Mm -hmm. that positive experience. I think that's so critical. And it's something that I've always noticed. You know, when people come over to Bonjoro and they heard about us uh, from you, there always is such an effusive positivity that I hear from those people. You know, of any of our partners, I always find that people, they're like, oh, we love Kay. Kay's so awesome. You can just keep talking, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that community and that relationship that you cultivated, I think that's a byproduct of investment and stuff like that. Being proactive mm-hmm. with asking the questions and being proactive with making sure that even when someone's leaving, you're flipping that script and not having it just be a negative, but having it be, this is a celebration. This is a success. I think that's super cool. I think that's a lesson that a lot of businesses, ourselves included, can can learn from. What? How can we make an exit a more positive thing? And like you're saying, potentially have that person not only refer, but maybe even come back down the line, right? You left such a positive impression that as soon as there's either this opportunity or other content that you build, right? Something yeah. else maybe that comes along the way they'll be the first ones to line up because of that relationship that you've cultivated. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, genuine, it, it comes from a very genuine place, right? I'm tucked away in the little southwest corner of the UK in a seaside village that happens to have fantastic digital broadband. I am not a big traveller. I have a disability. You know, I don't get to travel the world and meet people. And for me, the, the enormity of the privilege of being invited into these businesses. And because when you're doing automation stuff, you're often getting a bit behind the scenes. You're into the strategic stuff. You're into the pain points. What's hurting you? What can we help you with that's going to take away the pain points that are preventing you from thriving and growing? So you you bond pretty quickly. Like it can be literally in the space of 10 minutes on an office hour call. We can have a really quite deep conversation around what's hurting and what's stopping the growth. And and those transformative experiences with people from literally all over the world, they're very precious to me and very impactful in our world. So it's partly coming from a selfish place, right? I, I'm not ready to let that go. I want to maintain those connections as well. Um, I'm loving that we're starting to get to a point now with our community of people who have been in the membership and are either still there or, or who have already um, got what they needed and, and moved forward, they stay in our broader communities. They stay in our free Facebook groups and they feel like part of our slick business family. And that feels really, really important to me. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, this was, this was such a valuable set of lessons and I think actionable to-dos for people to walk away with. If people want to get a hold of you, if they have any questions or they want to contact you, what's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, so the website is at slickbusiness.co um, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn increasingly, actually. In fact, it was you were one of the people who got me more into LinkedIn. I've started having more. I'm liking the connection on there. I'm liking the business level of connection on there. You have these really uh, impactful conversations on there and you can find me on Facebook as well. We have a big free group for active campaign users um, and that's a great place to connect as well. Brilliant. Kate, thank you so much as always for your time. Thank you, Casey. Cheers. See you again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Customer Lifetime Value University podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Bonjoro, the world's first customer loyalty platform, giving you the tools to create customer loyalty and leverage that loyalty to improve your customer lifetime value. 